I spent all my time outdoors. If I wasn't in my room making art or drawing or painting or whatever, I was outside and I was in nature and I was looking after our animals and I was building dens and going into the forest and swimming in the river. And so it's what I'm really, really interested in. And that's partly why I'll always make it the focus of my illustration work is because it's it's part of who I am and it, it means that what I'm creating is really meaningful and authentic. Welcome back to Passionista Colorista podcast, where I talk to colorists and illustrators of adult coloring books that inspire me. In this episode, I have invited back Millie Marotta, who has done several adult coloring books over the years and who recently released her new book, Creatures of the Sea, a book and an environment that is very close to her heart. Oh, I've been so excited about this book. It's a theme that I've wanted to work with in a colouring book for quite some time. So it was really lovely to, to put the book together and so nice finally to see it out there in the world and see how people have been responding to it. Because it's a theme that colourists and fans have sort of suggested time and time again. And it's also a theme that's really personal to me. So it feels like a really personal book because I live on the coast and I, well, by the sea and I walk on the beach every day, come rain or shine. I have to walk my dog and she's a massive beach fan, as am I. And so it's a subject that plays a part in my daily life. So, yeah, it, it's um, a really personal project. What Another reason that I chose the sea theme this time around is because it is um, an environment that I'm sort of surrounded by if you like and, and I get to explore every day I have seen more and more the way our marine environment is suffering and the species that live in and around our seas and our coastline are really really up against it and I walk along my beach and my local beach and the amount of stuff that I see on the beach being either washed up or left on the beach or blowing in on the storms you know plastic and bits of flip-flop and bits of fishing wire and hooks and loads of rubbish and that was a, another thing really that was always sort of in the back of my mind was creating a beautiful book full of these amazing marine species and to try and sort of put them out there and that message that, you know, we really, really need to start looking, well, we are trying to look after our oceans, but um, there's still a long way to go and there's some amazing people doing incredible work out there and I think this is a, li a little bit sort of my way of trying to raise awareness, I suppose, of the amazing creatures that live in and around our seas. Why wasn't this your first book? When you live there, it's the most close nature. Yeah, I think it's that sort of feeling of wanting to give people lots of variety and making sure that there's plenty going on in one book and there's sort of lots of 
scope for variety across different types of images. And I think when I started making the books, Animal Kingdom, for example, was such a broad subject, so many different types of creatures in that book. And I think there was a little bit of sort of trepidation of concentrating the drawings all on sort of just one environment, if you like. But actually, as I've become more confident in what people like to see in the books and the type of images they like working with, I think I just sort of now understand more about what people like to see in the books and realise that actually, yes, on from their feedback about asking for a sea-themed book and also from the perspective of my own confidence, I think, in creating images I know people will love. I think it all just sort of came together at just the right time. So when did you start this book? How long has it taken you to finish it? Well, it's probably easier for me to try and work backwards. Um, so it's just published a couple of weeks ago and I finished working on it in March of this year. And then I was working on it for about five or six months. So it, it would have been sort of autumn. Actually, this time last year, really, I would have started it. So it's quite a lengthy process, but I like to do a really good job. I'm quite a perfectionist. And I love making sure, obviously, that the drawings are drawings people are going to love and that they're really accurate. And I also like to spend quite a bit of time researching as well. So I know that I'm filling the book with a real variety of creatures. Did you know from start all the creatures you wanted to have in the book? No. And... Do you know, I could have filled the book three times over quite easily. I have sort of favourite creatures that I knew I wanted to include that are my own, some of my own personal favourites, like the puffin, the humpback whale. And funnily enough, while I was making this book, we had a very, very rare visitor to our shores here in West Wales. We had a walrus. I don't think you would have heard about this where you are, but um, a story broke in the news of this walrus who had swam down from, they wondered if it might be Greenland or somewhere sort of in from Arctic waters and um, was first discovered on the coast of Ireland. And um, I just thought that was completely bizarre. And, was saying to my partner, oh my gosh, if I lived in Ireland and that walrus had turned up on our shores, I would just drive 12 hours to go and have a look at it because it's so, you know, never in my lifetime would that ever happen again. And then literally about a week later, this walrus turned up in Tenby and it was just the most bizarre thing. And so I obviously had to include a walrus in the book. Did you see it? I did. Oh, Isabel, this walrus, I don't know. I mean, they still don't really know why it ended up coming this far south. But for whatever reason, it must have had lots of yummy razor fish to eat in Tenby Harbour because it hung around on, it decided to make the lifeboat slip its home for a few weeks which 
was a bit of a nightmare whenever there was a call out for the lifeboat because before they could launch the lifeboat they would have to go out and sort of bang things and clap their hands to get the walrus off the slip but yeah he hung around in our waters for quite a few weeks and I went out I lost count actually of the number of times I went out and just sat on top of the hill watching this amazing creature it was like it was just so bizarre to see that type of it was almost like seeing a mythical creature because you just you know never in my lifetime will that happen again and so yeah I took every opportunity I could to go and have a look so there's a walrus is in the book there is a walrus in the book yeah it would have felt completely wrong after that strange encounter not to include a walrus in the book So, yeah, it's very, very strange, very weird. But I'm very pleased after spending far too long in waters that would normally be far too warm for this walrus. Uh, it's finally returned to its colder waters where it belongs. I think it's now been sighted on the coast of Iceland, mm. which is good news because he doesn't really belong here. <laughs> no, it was just visiting. But wow. And did you draw? this walrus on the beach or did you do it in your studio oh in my studio it was um being very closely sort of guarded if you like by wildlife wardens nobody was allowed to get too close so it was sort of up on top of the hill with my binoculars and I tried to take some photographs but they just didn't do it justice at all so yeah my drawing was done in the studio Was it some other animal that ended up in the book that you hadn't planned? Yeah, I mean, there were loads of creatures that I discovered as I was putting the book together. And that's one of the things I love about making my books is I always I like to include real species. And I like to begin with lots and lots of research. And in doing that research, I always end up discovering creatures that I hadn't realised even existed. So I get to learn something along the way as well, which is lovely. So I included, what didn't I know about? Um, oh, a puff adder shy shark, which is a bizarre name to begin with, but a beautiful little, very beautiful shark. I think it's actually a catfish, a Japanese flying squid, a coastal wolf, which... I never realised are actually a species of wolf in themselves who largely eat fish and not a great deal else. I included all sorts of fish that I'd never come across before, different types of rays, different types of seabirds. I mean, the, the list is just, for what could have been included that I couldn't fit in the book, is just endless. And they're just is such I think that's the thing about this topic is there actually is so much variety when you start breaking it down you know you've got creatures that live on the seabed you've got creatures that live in the water you've got creatures that live on the water above the water creatures that dip in and out of the water to feed so yeah it was a really beautiful project to work on do you remember which page was the first one you did yes it was the humpback whale which is the illustration that I just used for my colouring competition. And um, it's actually the first image that appears in the book. And why did you start with that one? The, the way I put the image together, I sort of had a vision for wanting to create this 
circular image because the this composition the shape of the whale and I sort of wanted the waves wrapping around it just sort of all came together really really nicely and I had quite a clear picture in my head of how I wanted it to look from the very beginning which doesn't always happen sometimes it takes quite a bit of working around and thinking about how to bring an image together um, but that one just sort of was instantly there straight away. Do you get your ideas for how the pages will look when you walk uh, at the beach You're with your dog or is it in the studio or is it uh, during your morning showers or where do you? Um, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Um, I think sort of going out for walks on the beach and on the coast, you'll see something that sort of triggers an idea or uh, you'll find like a beautiful shell or the shell of an urchin or something like that and I'll either take a picture or sort of make a, a mental image in my mind that that's sort of something I want to sketch out when I get home but then lots of lots of ideas come as a result of just sort of sitting at the desk and doodling and, and trying things out and sort of images sometimes an illustration is it's very clear to me as with the whale how it's going to look and then others sort of evolve as I draw and as I sketch and play around with ideas. So how long does it take to finish one page? Oh it depends on the page. Um, the illustrations that are made up of sort of floral motifs and floral shapes those ones probably are the quickest for me to do and I'll always sketch an image out quite thoroughly in pencil first. I'm a great planner <laughs> I like to know I've sort of planned the page properly before I commit ink to the page. So one of those, perhaps I might sketch in the morning and then ink the final artwork up in the afternoon. And then other illustrations, so like the double page spreads, they can take two or three days sometimes. So it, it really varies on how detailed the image is and obviously whether it spans one or two pages. When you do the research, I hear that that is an important and fun part for you. Yeah, I um, I'm so fascinated by the natural world, and I'm I'm really interested in wildlife and nature. So it's sort of a bit indulgent, really, in a way, to sort of allow myself the time. It's quite selfish. <laughs> allow myself the time to um sort of sit and gorge on all of this information that I'm learning and, and these different species that I'm exploring so I get to learn a lot from it myself and I really enjoy that and that's partly why I started including the lists of all the species that I include in my books at the back of the book so people who are using the books can either use that as reference to have a look and see what colours these creatures might be in real life if they want to create quite a realistic image. But also, it's been really lovely to see fans learning about the creatures they're colouring as well. I love that kind of mix of science and art at the same time. I think that's really interesting. Last year, the pandemic, how has that affected you? 
gosh, well, it's been quite a strange time, hasn't it, for everyone? Oh, yes. Do you know, day to day, it didn't, in terms of sort of how I live and what I do day to day, it didn't actually change things that dramatically for me because I have my studio at home anyway and I still was working and it didn't sort of change my working hours or my working environment. I was still going out walking every day. So in that sense, it didn't feel too different. I think the way I felt it most was what was happening around and about when I did go out for my walks and such. I live in a very touristy town with a very busy fishing harbour and going out and seeing the town as a complete and utter ghost town was just the weirdest thing because it's never like that. Hmm. So, yeah, that was very strange. And I was sort of full on Im- immersed in creating my books. And so it was good to have that as a focus, I think. I At one point, I was watching the news far too much, as I think everybody probably was. Hmm. And there came a point where I was just like, it just makes you feel awful. <laughs> Uh, for too many hours of the day, you, you can't just sort of be absorbing, absorbing that stuff. You need to get away from it for more of the day than not. So in the end, I just sort of allowed myself to listen to it, read about it a bit, and then just switch it off and immerse myself in my work, which I think was a much healthier way to be. But you managed to keep your uh, mental health okay, it seems like. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, one of the lovely things about what I do and about any sort of creative activity really is very absorbing, whether it's drawing or colouring or painting. It is something where you can it does encourage you to switch off. And so I think what I do for a living as an illustrator in times like that is actually quite a therapeutic sort of mm. job, I suppose, to do. And I saw on Instagram that you actually have at least a little, little bit started to color yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I love coloring. I really enjoy coloring. I don't have as much time for it as I would like because I'm always really busy doing the drawings. <laughs> But it is quite nice to share my own coloring with fans. Like I, I see every day you know thousands and thousands of people sharing examples of their own coloring online on social media and so forth and in my coloring gallery so it is sort of nice to let them see how i color but to be honest i mean there are so many more talented colorists out there sharing what they do compared to what what i can create with my own coloring i'm just in awe of the way that people bring my images to life it's sort of I feel like they're much more worthy of sharing their coloring than I am I love doing it but I sort of see the drawing is my side of I feel like with my drawings and when I put finally put the book out there that's sort of a project half done and then it sort of completed when I start to see other people's colorings appearing online and in the colouring gallery. So it's really nice to share my own colouring when I 
have chance, but I don't think it compares to a lot of the colorists out there. But do you enjoy it? I do. I love it. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's again, that sort of lovely creative pursuit where you can just lose yourself in it. And that actually is is how colouring is very different to creating my drawings, because when I'm first sketching ideas out and planning compositions, I do really have to think about what I'm doing. But then once it's drawn up and I'm just colouring it in, I don't have to go through that same thought process. I can just get lost in it. Do you have any favourite uh, material when you colour pencils? Yeah, always pencils for me. I just like how versatile they are and how you can do so much with quite a small number of pencils, blending and shading and mixing colours and layering colours. Yeah, I just I like the simplicity uh, of pencils and how many different things you can do with them. Yeah, I wanted to go want to go back to your book and uh, and talk about some of your favorites. Do you have any favorite page? The page in this book? In Secrets of the Sea. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um Oh, favorite pages. It's like asking a mum to choose her favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I love the there's a double page spread of seahorses. I love that one. I love the Atlantic puffing page, partly just because they're one of my favourite seabirds. Well, actually, one of my favourite birds. Again, that was one of the images where I knew from the very beginning I wanted to to put a puffin in my book. We have a, an island off the coast of Pembrokeshire where I live called Scomer Island. It's a, a breeding ground for puffins so every year in the spring they all descend to this island and they breed and then at the end of the season they fly off out to sea and disappear and I've been lucky enough to go over to the island a few times and just spend time watching these puffins and they are just the most endearing comical little birds you could ever imagine they're like little clockwork toys they look so funny they are my favorite uh, birds as well Oh, that's good. I, they're just so charming, so charming. So, yeah, that's definitely one of my favourites. The walrus, again, for obvious reasons, the story I told you about earlier. The narwhals, just because they, what a bizarre creature, really. Um, they're just like, uh, I think some people call them the unicorns of the sea, and they really are because they're just so odd. What else? Oh, the sea otters. I really, really enjoyed doing the sea otters page. That's another double page spread. I mean, I could go on and on. I really, <laughs> I really honestly loved putting this book together so much. And I love all of it. I'm really proud of it. And I really, really hope everyone loves bringing the pages alive with colour as much as I loved putting it together. Is it always like that, that you like the, your latest book? the most at the moment yeah I think so because you they take such a long time to put together and sort of I I work 
in my studio on my own. I spend a lot of time just me and the book (laughs) and bringing the book to life and gathering it all together. And so, yes, it always does feel like a special book by the time you've sort of reached the end and it's been put into production and you're starting to to see fans get excited about receiving their books. But I think, I don't know, there's something about this one. I, I think it's because I live near the sea and I've experienced a lot of the wildlife firsthand. I mean, there's plenty that I haven't. But saying that, I when I started making the book, I never thought I'd see a walrus, a walrus in real life. <laughs> And look what happened. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Have you received comments yet about the book? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of comments on social media, which I'm face uh, in my colouring gallery. And so far, it seems to be going down quite well. It's always very nerve wracking when you've worked so hard on something for so long. I really want to know that I've done a really, really good job for fans. It means a lot to me to make my work authentic and meaningful. And I, I do put a lot into it. And it, unless I feel like something is perfect, sort of for the fans, the pe- on the page is a drawing for them to colour, I wouldn't feel like I'd done my job properly. How has it felt for you starting to see the your pages, your new pages colored in? It's amazing. It's so incredible to see how differently people bring the images to life, uh, which ones they choose to start off with. Obviously, there's been a lot of the whale because I ran my coloring competition with the whale image. So I've seen hundreds and hundreds of examples of the whale, which have just been so varied. And what others have I seen? I saw an incredible one yesterday of the eels, which I love because eels are not really a creature that people necessarily think of as, oh, what a beautiful animal to work with. And I kind of, that's partly why I find it really interesting to create my images using real animals, real species. I love people to discover animals they never knew existed. I love fans to find out more about the animals they're colouring. But I also find it really interesting to see the pictures that people choose to work on first, but also to see how they work with those creatures that wouldn't necessarily always be considered as the most appealing. And yeah, this image that I saw yesterday of the eels page coloured in, which is the first one I've seen of the eels, just blew me away. It's outstanding. I love it. It's amazing. When you colour yourself, even if it's not often, uh, you colour your own pages, how do you choose colours? I sort of tend to, naturally, if I was just going to select colours for an image, I just sort of sit there with the pencils in front of me and I pick out the colours that appeal to me. Um, And it I noticed that it always ends up being a similar bunch of colours. And so when I sit down to do some colouring myself now, I try to sort of spend a bit of time beforehand looking at what other colourists out there have done and what interesting palettes they've used. And that's the most amazing thing about the colouring community, isn't it? That everybody's out there sort of supporting and sharing and giving each other tips and I've actually started doing that myself. 
when I sit down to colour. So that's it's really nice for me as the illustrator that creates the drawings to actually sort of put myself on the other side of that and enjoy the colouring community as a colourist and not just as somebody who creates the illustrations. You have done quite a lot of colouring books during the years, but you have also done other stuff. Yeah, I did a different sort of book. I, I wrote and illustrated a children's book. It came out a couple of years ago called A Wild Child's Guide to Endangered Animals, which was obviously to highlight uh, endangered species and the threats that they face. But it was also to, again, as with my colouring books a little bit, to teach people about creatures they don't necessarily know about or don't hear of very often. And that was a lovely book to put together. And that took an awful lot of research, which was really indulgent. And I really loved every second. (laughs) But it was lovely to come back to creating colouring books after that. It was a, a completely different kind of project to work on for me. And coming back to colouring books sort of feels like slipping on a pair of comfy slippers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, is happening next in your life? Well, I've got a few charity projects coming up over the, the next few months. And I'm just about to start researching for the next colouring book. Ooh. I can't say at this stage what the theme for that one will be, but rest assured it's going to be a nature-inspired project again. That is what my work is all about, and it's my absolute passion, aside from drawing and illustrating and creating art. So, yeah, as I sort of head into winter, I'll be hunkering down in the studio, beavering away on another book, which is the best way to spend winter. It actually sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's lovely. Some people don't work very well, I think, on their own and get a bit lonely, but I really enjoy it. It allows allows me to really sort of get stuck into what I'm doing without any distractions. Do you ever get tired of drawing animals and nature? No, never. (laughs) It's such a rich topic. There's always new stuff to draw. There's always new things to learn. And there's Mother Nature is just the best designer of all. So sort of visually for me as an artist, there's so much material there to inspire my work. I honestly just can't imagine ever getting bored or tired of it. Have the nature always been so close to you? I don't mean just uh, around you physically, but also so important for you, even when you were a kid? Yeah, it really has. It's. Um, I grew up in a very rural, well, in the middle of nowhere, really. <laughs> we didn't have any neighbours, just sort of in very, very rural Wales, up in the hills. And obviously, back then, we didn't have all the devices and screens and things that children these days have to occupy their time. And so I spent all my time 
outdoors. If I wasn't in my room making art or drawing or painting or whatever, I was outside and I was in nature and I was looking after our animals and I was building dens and going into the forest and swimming in the river. And so it's what I'm really, really interested in. And that's partly why I'll always make it the focus of my illustration work is because it's it's part of who I am. And it, it means that what I'm creating is really meaningful and authentic. Your animals always have uh, beautiful drawn uh, patterns in them, on them. Yeah. And I have seen that colorists are approaching these uh, pictures different. Some are coloring in every little space, area, pattern, and some are uh, kind of coloring it over. Yeah. And I know that's not just in your book, but this uh, thing that some people do we, when we cover things with acrylics, for example, and color over, does it make you angry or sad when you see people have covered your beautiful patterns? No, no, not at all. In fact, when I started making my coloring books, that was something that people used to ask me a lot, you know, these textures and these details. Am I meant to try and color them in or am I meant to try and color over them? How am I meant to do it? And it's interesting now, I think, as people have colored more over time and they're more confident with how they want to work and they're a bit more experimental with their materials and their techniques, I don't get asked that very often. And I I think people are just much more confident now with Mm. how they work, materials they like to use, what sort of image they like to create. So, no, it doesn't upset me at all. (laughs) I I really encourage people to be inventive and and find their own way of working with my drawings. Because, as I said before, my drawing is just sort of a, a halfway point in the process or the project if you like the the other half is how colorists work with the images so no I love to see that I love to see people finding new ways of working with the illustrations that's good to know (laughs) (laughs) how when when will you tell us the secret about next coloring book I don't know I'll have to see what my publisher says (laughs) (laughs) of course I'll wait until I'm given permission mm-hmm. <laughs> to share the news. Well, we we just have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be a nice surprise. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining again, Millie. It's been my pleasure. Um, it's been really lovely to chat with you. It was so nice to hear about the process and your thoughts about your new book. And, uh, well, it will be exciting to hear what's coming next. Yeah, I look forward to revealing that. And thank you so much for having me. Have a nice day and thank you everyone who has been listening and goodbye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.